Hey everybody, welcome back to Taking Care of Business. This is Dan Trottencheck. Glad to have you with us today. And and on our program, uh, we've got a couple of guests today. We're actually going to be talking to a couple of retailers um, who also happen to be the current chairman and vice chairman for the North American Hardware and Paint Association. Yeah, we're talking to Dan Harris, who is an ace dealer with stores in the Chicago area, and Jared Jake Smith. Uh, Jake the Snake Smith, who uh, runs a store uh, down in Bishopville, South Carolina. And they're going to share with us not just uh, about what's going on for them at retail and what's uh, what, what they're making out of the crazy year that was and what we have down the line, but also talk a little bit about uh, why they got involved in their industry association, what they get out of it, and how they think it might be uh, pertinent for other retailers to get involved as well. Uh, before we talk with Jake and Dan, though, I wanted to get a quick word from our sponsor. When you grow a garden with Schultz products, you reap a bountiful crop of benefits for your business. With their wide array of specialty engineered plant foods, they're confident that finding the right one for your customers will be a quick and easy process. They have researched and tested formulations for specific plants and flowers, creating the perfect combination of nutrients for guaranteed success for your customers and your business. Schultz plant foods are available through hardware co-ops and lawn and garden distributors nationwide. For more information, go to knoxfert.com backslash Schultz. That's K-N-O-X-F-E-R-T dot com backslash S-C-H-U-L-T-Z. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of a fun program today. The two fellows I've got on talking to me, I've known for a little bit uh, time here, and uh, usually I get to see them a few times a year. But uh, but we've now gone almost a whole year without uh, getting to break bread and shake hands with one another. But our guests today are Dan Harris and Jake Smith, and uh, not only are they successful business owners, uh, but they have also been involved with the industry association NHPA. For for a number of years. Guys, welcome to the program and good to see you, albeit virtually. Good to see you again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first, I, I guess I'd start out by saying, you know, a lot of people might not know, but uh, NHPA, uh, our entire board of directors is made up of retailers, just like the retailers who are out there listening to the podcast. And uh, you guys are not actors and you don't play retailers on TV. Your life actually involves getting up every day, going into a store and and trying to sell stuff and, and solve problems. So maybe we could start out a little bit by each one of you guys telling us a little bit about about your full-time jobs not 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 working on nrha or nhpa's board um but uh working in your operations dan why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about uh, uh what you do uh six or seven days a week <laughs> and that's the important part um so so we we are an ace retailer we are, are we have two stores we are located in suburban chicago uh the southwest suburban area of chicago and my wife and I, and probably her more than me, are the very active players in, in our business every day. Um, we've been in business. This is the start of our 23rd year uh, as a retailer. Uh, we, we come from a background, neither of us, of hardware. Um, my background, um, this is, I always tell people, this is, this is my, still my part-time college job. <laughs> I started it to get through college and to pay for some of my college years. And um, as things kind of progressed, I 
I worked a couple of years, uh, really kind of almost working on a full-time basis and going to school. I um, mean, fortunately, the retailer I worked for was good enough to let me work around the hours of, uh, of his business, and it worked pretty well. And uh, then figuring when I graduated, I was going to be a, a uh, going to the corporate world. I, I took a job actually at Ace Hardware Corporation in Oak Brook, Illinois, at their headquarters and worked there for a few years. Um, dealing with inventory control and margin management for the retailers at that time, it was a big yeah. part of the moving forward. So, um, and uh, had an opportunity to go to work in the manufacturing world. Uh, an offer, a job offer, came along, and I took it. And I worked in that environment for about five years um, in a small manu- well, small manufacturing plant, about 120 employees, and was the operations manager, director of the the operations. And uh, but I always had that that. Uh, taste of ace hardware and, and hardware in my blood and uh, kind of always wanted to go back to it so I explored a little bit of that at one point in my life and uh, called up the people from ace some of the people I still had contact with and found out the store right in my hometown was for sale wow. and uh, just was really fortunate I look back at it now it was des- destiny for sure because uh, the gentleman wanted to retire um, I brought the conversation up with my wife and uh, they talked to the gentleman, and, he, and within one and a half months, we were holding the keys to our store, our first store. And so that's that was the kickoff of our, our Ace Hardware and our hardware world. And uh, that at that time, we um, took the store. It was in deep decline. Uh, we we really worked hard at it. We did everything from chipping up the tile in the floor to re-merchandising it from top to bottom. And the store's sales tripled. It followed right along with the hard work. So... Uh, and eventually, um, we were looking at a second store. We opened a second store who had this similar situation, so we were able to turn that store around. And um, but unfortunately, in the middle of all of that, we we faced an eminent domain lawsuit, uh, which which hurt us a little bit. And uh, so we we shut the first store down for no business reasons, and really it was just because we we couldn't withstand the onslaught. And uh, stayed with one store for a few years, and now. Uh, seven, almost eight years ago now, we opened up a second store again in another community and uh, have had a lot of success there. So we're, we're uh, as we, we put on the years, my, my kids have grown in the business. Uh, they've grown up in the business and it's it's a great business to be in. I've met so many good people over the years. It's it's one of the things I, I probably enjoy the most is interacting with a lot of the great people in the hardware world across all of the all the co-ops, um, and this is really something I've discovered recently, especially with the involvement through the Hardware Association in the NHPA. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We should probably put out a big pickle jar, and every time one of us on this podcast says NRHA, we got to throw a dollar in there or something. <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's funny, though, Dan, You're, you know, the more people you talk to in the industry – um, there's a lot of people that found hardware, you, you know, that, that, that went and did other things and then, and then felt this draw back into hardware retailing or people that didn't start out to become a hardware, uh, store owner or a paint store owner or whatever it is, but, but somehow felt the pull of the industry and, and, and wound up there. And I, I think that's, you know, so true. I found so many people that I've met over the years that, uh, have come out of other businesses or even, you know, the one gentleman told me his, it was his family's business and he swore it off that he was never going to get involved in his family's business. And within five to six years, he was running his family business. And, uh, 
but uh, I, I, you know, I, I've met a lot of really good people through the industry. And I think that's, you know, going to buying shows, attending all kinds of events where retail, other retailers are at, you hear a lot of their stories and it becomes uh, contagious that you want to, yeah. you want to become more a part of it. Yeah. Jake, what, what about you? What, what pulled you into the hardware industry and what, t- tell us a little bit about your shops down there in uh, South Carolina. <laughs> Uh, I guess my longevity story is somewhat similar to, to Dan's with a few different crooks and turns along the way. Um, our store, I'm second generation in our store. Um, January 1st of this year, Mark, 68 years that the hardware store has been in business. And uh, March of this year will mark 68 years since I've been in business. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't ever remember not being part of the hardware store when uh, it was it was a very small family run mom and pop operation when I was young. And, uh, you know, I can remember taking naps on dirty counters underneath the uh, (laughs) underneath whatever was on top in that in that little hardware store that my dad started out with and in a sleepy southern town, rural area. Um, When I turned 13 years old, I was put out on the floor for the. Uh, if, if I worked from uh, school, got out so that I could be in at 3 p.m. and leave at 6, for those days, I got paid $1. <laughs> and uh, if I worked all day during the summer or what have you, I got paid $3. Okay. So that was that was my opening salary. And I actually saved money doing <laughs> yeah. that. Of course, that was in the 1960s. And... Uh, uh, like some of the people that you've mentioned, I can remember during my college years making the comment that, uh, you know, once I'm finished with college and I'm out in the corporate world, I doubt if I spend another week in this town right. from right. start to finish. <clears throat> Didn't really work out that way. Uh, something about the hardware business that draws you back. Uh, along the way, I've worked with uh, basically two different wholesalers. Uh, back in the days of the uh, wholesale salesman that carried the catalog. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's one of the most romantic era, eras of this business, and I miss it. However, it has no uh, has no place in today's world. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it was a wonderful time. We've been through a lot of wonderful times in the hardware business. <clears throat> um, my full-time journey in the store here, uh, I finished my wholesale days in 1981 and came back in, and... Uh, we have uh, grown the business substantially. Inflation had something to do with that, but uh, in terms of annual sales, we are somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-five times <laughs> where we were in those days, and that's that's just a reality of changing times. And uh, yeah, I'm not saying that to to say that the business is, even though the business is quite a bit bigger. Uh, it had to be to survive, and and that's one of the realities of the modern world now. Is that uh, the the little mom and pop store where a, a town of three thousand people would have four hardware stores uh, that that just doesn't exist in these days. Um, now, now you went with growth. Not only did you grow the hardware business, but you, you you've grown into kind of another retail operation. Yeah, uh, we. Um, we had some real estate space available from our previous hardware store, and um, we were noticing the demand for sporting products in our hardware store, although we didn't have room to do it justice. 
So we branched out and opened uh, uh, an outdoors outfitters store, hunting, fishing, camping, clothing. Uh, had a few rocky years in the beginning, but it's uh, it's found its that was that was uh, almost six years ago. Yeah. But it's got its feet under it now and is uh, is uh, producing some pretty good income for us. Well, I, I think it's kind of interesting, and I want to point this out again: is that both you guys ha- have seen kind of obviously you've you've had some success in retail and and grown your business in different ways. But but again, I, I got to go back and say it's really indicative of what a, a lot of stories we hear from people that are running stores is you both did did your time doing something else and kind of kind of found your way back into retail hardware. But but now you're at a position where you've been doing retail hardware for a while, but you, you, you have all this knowledge that you bring to your businesses and you have a pretty good insight into how wholesale operates, how manufacturing operates and, and, and how retail operates. So, so uh, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that never surprises me anymore in this industry is how, how interesting just about everybody's path is into, into retail and how once they get in retail, they seem to fall in love with it. And, mm-hmm. and you certainly, uh, certainly kind of fit that mold. I, I'm also interested in, in, now I've known you guys for a number of years now with your involvement with with NHPA. What kind of led you guys to both? What, what kind of led you to get involved with the association? I mean, everybody knows that that running a business is a full time plus job. But but what made you guys make the decision? Uh, hopefully not regretfully so. But but what made you guys uh, kind of led to the decision to get more involved with the association? Well, I would say that you know the the first affiliation with it was through the magazine and i you know i always i always comment uh, you know when i go and visit other people's stores or other businesses and you walk they take you through the, the their building and they usually walk you through the back room if you happen to walk by that break room the one thing you'll always see is a copy of the magazine on in the break room somewhere or yeah. somebody sitting there at lunchtime reading it and so you know and we were probably no different than that it was you know we'd get the magazine i'd thumb through it myself, put it in the break room, go, go in there periodically and read it. Now, I think, you know, that kind of, it was an open invitation to the, the hardware association, uh, just because it, 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 it brought some of the, the stories to life of some of the things you do every day. And I think that's an important part of it. Um, and then, you know, as, as we were growing, we were looking at the financial side of things too, and saying, okay, how do, how do we compare ourselves? How do we compare our store financially to other stores without being too intrusive to other people. So the financial reporting always was interesting to me and and something that we used even, we used it even as a growth tool when we went to borrow money from the bank so that we could show some industry numbers that really were relevant to the banks who sometimes don't really have a direct uh, correlation to our business. So those two things. And then I, I have to say that, you know, we became a little bit more involved with with some of the insurance, uh, health as health insurance mm-hmm. began to change a few years back, and you know, business insurance now is such a an, a big part of our our business. So, you know, those were all things that um, we kind of had some exposure to. And at, at one point, um, one of the people that was involved in the board, uh, who we had been close friends over the years through family, had a store some stores in Iowa City. Um, uh, Jerry Meese. Sure. And uh, talking to Jerry at one of the conventions at lunchtime, and he he didn't say anything at the time, but I could see the wheels turning in his head. <laughs> he was looking for nominees to the board, and uh, 
a couple of weeks later, Jerry called me up on the phone and said, would you be interested in joining the board? Because I think you could be somebody that could provide something to the association and, and maybe bring some new ideas and things that you might you know, have from your perspective. You're an urban retailer. We have urban, suburban. We have rural. We have all the the flavor there and you might be able to bring some of those ideas so that's you know that was kind of our invitation and and since then i mean ha having attended even like the some of the round tables at the end of the year i love your summation dan when we go through the end of the year and kind of look at things and kind of get a, a little bit bigger picture uh yeah. so those are things that we we like to get involved with yeah and definitely and uh and and <clears throat> that's not an unusual path you know we get a lot of people who uh who who, who take advantage of kind of NHPA properties, and then and then sooner or later, there's some kind of entree into getting a little bit more involved. And it's kind of like the hardware industry. Sometimes you'll get hooked. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. What, what what about you, Jake? What uh, what? How, how did you get suckered into? I, I mean, how did you involved with NHPA? Well, in in the very early years, when when I was a teenager working in the store, and the magazines would arrive, it wasn't just hardware retailing. Oh, yeah, in the days. There were uh, Southern Hardware was a, was a great publication from the old days that you you probably never saw above the Mason Dixon line. Uh, hardware <laughs> Age was a pretty good publication, and then there was a big tabloid size. I can't remember now. Anyway, there were several publications that came in that. Uh, I don't know, just the way that I think. I would kind of look at it as the this magical thing that was out there that were, were things that maybe we could do one day in our business, and it was introducing me to that. Moving forward, my years in the wholesale side of the business laid the groundwork for me, for, for my, uh, um, the pull to me to be a networker. Yeah, uh, okay. Because when I had when I was carrying that catalog, I had this unique opportunity to get in my car every day and visit anywhere from three to five hardware stores in different communities and see what they were doing and talk to the people there. And it didn't take long to realize how much I was learning from from those guys and how much value there is in seeing how it's done here, how it's done over there, what does well here, how much, how alike are the customers in one place, how different are they. And coming out of wholesale and back into retail, naturally I wanted to maintain some of that ability to, to know what was going on in the world. And the association was a great opportunity for that. Uh, I mean, wholesaler conventions are a good way to do it, a, a great way to do it, but uh, association activities certainly uh, uh, played a big part in that. And here again, the, uh, the publications that came in uh, played a whole new role in my life because coming out of wholesale, the news that was there, I could see what was going on with this company that I'd worked for. What about this person that I knew over here? It was, it was just great to have that news uh, um, conduit coming into, into my store and into my business. And one thing led to another. And one day I was... Uh, Years later, I was minding my own business, shopping at an Ace Hardware convention, and Mr. Dan Harris tracks me down. Oh, so I see the connections now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan, Dan and I met on Bourbon Street. 
that one years ago, I believe. You're not supposed to go down that path, Jake. Yeah. We're going there. <laughs> so, so that was that was how, that that was what led me to the board. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's talk. You know, first and foremost, uh, you, you know, you guys talk about staying connected with uh, the, the association, kind of being a conduit to stay connected with what's going on in the industry. And I know that whether it's just uh, uh, through regular operations or 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 your other contacts, you guys stay in pretty regular touch with retailers uh, throughout the the uh, North America. But let me ask you. Um, let's talk about retail for a second. I mean, 2020 um, <laughs> was uh, what a year, huh? Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess I would ask, how did you, how, how did business, you know, talk to us a little bit about you guys' individual businesses in 2020. How, how did it, how did it go for you guys, both the challenges plus some of the opportunities that we've been fortunate to see in, in, in this side of the market? And, and maybe talk a little bit about what you're hearing from some of the other retailers you guys uh, uh, keep in contact with about how things are going for them. The phrase that occurs to me was, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Uh, well put, yeah. Amen. Plenty of that in 2020. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. I mean, from our perspective, uh, 2020 is a year that, uh, I, 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 you know, we had decent sales numbers and, and, and all of that. But it's cer- certainly as the pandemic started off, there was so much uncertainty that we were dealing with. It was, um, I, in our, in our time in business, it was certainly one of the most difficult, scary, if you want to call it that times to, to not knowing what was coming, uh, hearing all the, the word pandemic, which I, in my lifetime had never really become that familiar with. Um, and suddenly we were faced with, you know, the prospect of having, all this sickness going on. And, uh, you know, the first thing I guess, you know, is a small business. We're, we've got a lot of older people that work for us and, and people, younger people as well, what we would consider to be family. My wife and Patty and I consider most of our employees that have been with us to be family. And how do we protect them? I mean, I had employees that were in their mid eighties with some health issues, some serious health issues, but they've been able to work. And so we, we initially pulled back a little bit and, and curtailed our hours. Uh, we went to, you know, sanitation. We went to all the safety equipment, safety devices and hand washing and did all the things that we could possibly do. And really it was more meant to be a, a protective measure for our employees as well as the customers. And, um, I think our, I, I have to say, I think most of our employees were pretty appreciative of that, um, uh, it, it did impact our sales by having to shut the store down earlier, both stores down earlier in the day because we just didn't, I lost uh, probably five to six employees just out of the box that said they just didn't want to, they couldn't deal with it. So, you know, we, we went through that, but we still saw sales growth. But, you know, as everybody else is probably aware of, is the, the wholesale side of things was extremely difficult, both from our wholesaler side to provide product. I mean, things that were just in such high demand, we couldn't even get our hands on. Uh, and we were scrambling every direction. I'm a, I'm a pretty good scrambler at, at, at for product. Usually I can, I can dig pretty hard, but I've never dealt with that as, as much as I've dealt with it now. Um, and so we learned a lot and, uh, we, you know, followed a lot of the guidelines and so far, you know, the, the year ended up decent, but I will say, um, 
I hope not to repeat it in that fashion again. I, I don't I don't mind the numbers. I just don't like the the method, the, the way that we got there to get the numbers were, were very difficult. And uh, I'm kind of I'm hoping that 2021 20, uh, breaks us through that that ice blockade now and we begin to see some of the, the really good sides of our business and start to see some things moving in the right direction again. Yeah. Uh, um, amen to that. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of people that said that, you know, kind of have that same sentiment, Dan, is it's the kind of unprecedented numbers we saw for growth for the industry is great, but how you got there is not necessarily the, the way anybody wants to get there. But but I think you also touched on something else that was kind of a hallmark of, of last year, which was the agility, um, the ability to uh, for the small independent guys to really turn on a dime and start figuring out what do I do with my hours? Do I extend hours? Do I contract my hours? How do I manage keeping my employees safe while still serving my community? And I think there was just so much, um, so much innovation that came out in the last year and a lot of it from the independent side, you know, without a doubt. I mean, we, we learned how to do curbside pickup. We knew yeah. learned how to do online ordering. We learned, um, we learned there was a new batch of customers out there that we maybe had taken for granted that online customer sure. or those younger customers that maybe said, oh, that's the small hardware store. I'm not going to go there. But then they learned that maybe it was a little safer to walk into a hardware store where you weren't in a, a big crowded environment. So, um, you know, we had the opportunity to maybe show showcase ourselves a little bit as far as what we had. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I heard, wow, you have that. You know, I, I didn't think yeah. you would have that. I'm like, wow. We've been we've been discovered again. So, you know, I'm hoping that we can we can maintain that business. (laughs) Carryover state. What what about Jake? What about you guys? I mean, you guys obviously are different settings. Yeah. 2020, once the pandemic kicked in and the the shift in demand moved to to smaller stores, I would kind of compare it to being given the given the keys to the highest performance Ferrari available but told that you have to drive it on a winding one lane mountain road and you can't go less than 80 miles an hour. Uh, it, it, it was perilous. Uh, the sales were there certainly, but the challenge, as Dan mentioned, the challenges in getting inventory, uh, just, just bringing things into sale is, uh, I've, I've never seen anything quite like this. Uh, and the difficulties that that presented we did not have the problems um, early on with our staff. We, we, we found ways to motivate and keep morale up as best we could. But after a while, after it wore on and month after month after month, I could start seeing the wear and tear it was starting to take. Yeah. And uh, we, we had to come up with some ways just to take care of our people. Just, just to let them know that we cared and that we we didn't want to completely burn them out along the way. Um, and I don't even know how to go into t- detail with all the things that we did, but it was a day-to-day challenge. And uh, over time, turnover increased. We probably have seen more turnover this year for various reasons, but I think it was COVID-influenced. In, in, uh, yeah, uh, but we've we've seen more turnover than we've seen probably in the last six or seven years. Yeah, I've heard those. I've heard those same concerns talking to other retailers too, um, saying that you know that one of their longer term concerns is on the employees, and, and a lot of these are your more um, 
seasoned and more loyal employees, those that were kind of with you throughout the, the, the COVID challenges, which, by the way, haven't ended yet by any means. Um, but what are the long term effects going to be? I mean, you know, I was talking to one retailer who said, I'm worried about all these people who, uh, you know, haven't taken time off and, and they're just working and working and working that I'm having to go to them and tell them, listen, we need you to unplug. We need you to get away for a few days mm-hmm. because I'm worried about your long term you know, ability and your, and your physical and mental health. And so. that's, that's certain, certainly one of the things we had to address. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, we, we were addressing the same, same issues almost all the time is how do you keep, how do you keep that staff morale up and how do you, you, you know, you don't have them walking out the door. And, and like I said, so many of them are family members. They were, they were pushing really hard on our behalf all the time. And that's, you know, recognizing that uh, was an important part of, I think our, our way to, get through it and to making sure we recognize people and, and sharing some of the success financially, as well as, sure. you know, even through accolades and, and within the, the whole environment, there was, you know, I, I always say it's not just it. Most of the people that work for us, they're, they're, they're not, they are there for the money, but that's not the only reason. Yeah. And, and being able to, to really thank them routinely was something that we, we were doing on a constant basis. You know, I, I think it's, it. you know, you said it, Dan, and it's really no different than even in your family, in your immediate family. Sometimes it takes hardship to make you recognize how much you care about the people around you and how important they are to you. And I think we saw that so much this last year with like you guys are both talking about. I mean, you guys run these businesses every day, but sometimes when you get to see like right in front of your face how hard your employees work for you and how much they care uh, about the business, it really kind of wakes you up a little bit and says, "Man, these guys really care. It's not just about their paycheck. They they really care about this business like like we care about them." And and the same thing for the communities. I don't you think a lot of communities have woken up and said, "Wow, these businesses now now that my favorite three little restaurants that are that that are gone now, I, I'm worried about." And I wake up and realize what a value we have in these local businesses and independently owned businesses in our community. So, I mean when you think about some of the good things, maybe it's that kind of realization of how important, how important your employees are and how hard they work for you, how important these local businesses are for their communities. I mean, so some of those have got to be some of the positives that carry forward, don't you think? I would say absolutely. You know, I put on my chairman from our local chambers hat on every so often. And as a former chairman, I mean, we always were looking at our business vitality in the community. And, you know, for a, for a period of time, uh, the shopping center that our, one of our stores sits in, um, we lost three businesses out of it this past year. And they were just small business people like us. And, you know, that that certainly opens your eyes when you see that going out of business sign going up in front of them or or friends of mine in the shopping center that own, you know, small restaurants that have been closed by by mandates. And, you know, th- those guys are struggling financially. And I, I say, wow, my problems are, you know, minute compared to these guys. So, you know, you got to, you know, you definitely have to keep pushing forward, but you also have to keep looking at, you know, the, the positive signs. And I think, um, you know, we were fortunate enough, like I said, to have community support. Uh, I mean, that that was that was really uh, critically important. And I, you know, we did get it from our local uh political people, our mayor in town and, and some of the other, the city manager and things were constantly coming in and saying, what can we do for you? Is there anything you guys need? Are you, you know, is everything going the direction you need to be going? And 
So that was helpful. And I think that's, you know, if you're fortunate to have that, I think that's, that's a big plus as well. Stepping into a new management role can bring on new responsibilities and challenges. And believe me, it is tough to learn the ropes sometimes when you're a new manager. NHPA's Foundations of Leadership program, sponsored by Steele, offers several online classes to help new managers understand their leadership styles and strengths and to better communicate and guide their teams. The first course, Introduction to Leadership, starts in February, so save your spot today. We're also offering a couple of special discounts right now, so if you register for both the Introduction to Leadership course and Leading Your Team course, you can save $99 by registering for both at once. If you register for all three courses, which includes Intro to Leadership, Leading Your Team, and Financial Management, you can save $149, and who doesn't want to do that? So to learn more about this or to register for the Foundations of Leadership courses, head to yournhpa.org backslash F-O-L to learn more. Jake, you're in a kind of a smaller rural town. How did you see kind of attitudes and community shifting in the past year? We've certainly seen more new faces in the store than we've seen in a while. And and we attribute that to uh, less willingness to to travel out of town to go to the nearby bo- big box stores. Yeah. We don't we don't have to deal with a big box across the street from us. In some ways, it's it's harder in that we have them within fifteen to twenty miles in four different directions, and there are some things that our customers have to buy that they have to go to these other towns to get, and that puts them within a close proximity to a big box. But having said all that, what I was leading up to. Is, is the fact that we saw new faces come staying in the community, deciding to stay home, stay where there was less contact with other people. And they came in and uh, I told our team, as soon as we recognized what was happening, I said, you know, realize what's happening is these new guys, these new customers are coming in and they're giving us an audition to see whether they want to make us their permanent home yeah, right. for home improvement and repair needs. Or if they're going to go back to that big box just as soon as it's uh, as soon as they feel safe going in, and I said, and the way you treat them, the way you interact with them, and the more you realize that you know they're bringing their problems in, and your job is the person who makes their dreams come true in one way or another. You either you either make the good thing happen or you make a nightmare nightmare go away. <laughs> and how well you do at helping them with that will determine whether they're going to be back or not. So what we're hoping we've done is that we've created a new paradigm where the majority of these folks who left the big box have found that they like where they are better yeah. now. That's what we're back. hoping for. But uh, but you, you can't miss the opportunity to uh, to put that retail training out there of, of how important real customer service is to, to maintaining that and making it making it a reality going on down the road. Um, but it I don't know how different the rural community is from any other place because I haven't been in the other communities to see. <laughs> yeah but, uh, but I suspect I suspect there is some difference with people wanting to insulate and, and stay closer to home. 
and that's benefited us. You know, I mean, when you think back about all the issues that retailers faced in the last in the last ten months or so, you know, a lot of those aren't necessarily going away. I mean, here we're sitting talking like, oh, we've made it through the pandemic, and and we're still, you know, really in the thick of it. What are some of the most? Yeah, we've made it, we've made it into the middle of the pandemic. Is what we've done. <laughs> no, you're exactly right, and 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 probably the scariest part of of anything like this is is, you know, we, we all hope the worst of it's past us, but we might, there's going to be some bumps as, as we're, mm-hmm. as we're headed out the other side of it. What are some of the big challenges you guys think as we're really kind of still sitting here in the first quarter of 2021, what are some of the challenges you guys think you, you guys, but also fellow retailers are going to be facing as we look at the rest of the year? Well, I guess I'll, I'll take that one because, you know, I, I think first and foremost is, um, how do you how do you replay and and order for the upcoming seasons? You know this is not the normal anymore, right. and you know you have people at home. You have you know if people are still going to be at home, um, even maybe to a lesser extent, but still be at home this coming year. We're, you know we're in the midst of ordering finishing order in a lot of our spring goods. You know what percentage do we order? Are we going to get them? You know some of the challenges like that are really, you know, things that I, I, I struggle with right now yeah. to try to figure out how do we move forward and uh, what what's going to be the, the employment opportunities that our customers have. If they're employed, they're going to spend money. If the economy is, you know, in, in a little bit of uh, turmoil, they might not spend as much money. And so, you know, those are all the struggles that as a retailer, I don't want to lose any of that business. But at the same time, how do I buy for it carefully without getting overextended? And, and you know, I think everybody in our industry is probably looking at it. I, I don't I've had this discussion with many of my fellow retailers in the area is, you know, buying for this coming season. I I've struggled more with that than, than I've ever struggled in my 20 three years in business. I mean, that's probably the most difficult right now is predicting that, that paradigm of how we, how we go, get through it. Yeah. I mean, everybody talks about the new normal, but, but truly trying to figure out, I mean, with the extra pressure on the supply chain, not only do you not necessarily, I'm not trying to try trying to spotlight your issue here, but not only are you not really sure how much you should be ordering, but if you miss on that, there's a good chance you you might not have access to the product. You, you know, so the the stakes are higher mm-hmm. maybe than they have been in the past. I guess that's exactly my point. Is you know that we always made a lot of assumptions with, and and good assumptions in the past with your your wholesaler could you always carried had your back, but you know now they're faced with the same issues we right. have. Is they're their suppliers aren't coming through or can't come through or have been redirected and you know and for a lot of a lot of reasons can't supply so how do we how do we make sure that we still are serving the communities that we we claim to be serving so those are you know and, and i you know uh, the, the the fortunate part i guess about that whole discussion is that i don't think we're any different than the big stores right. we just our, our scale is just a little smaller than theirs Mm-hmm. Yeah, if there's any solace, I guess that it's that everybody's facing similar challenges. Jake, would you, what, um, I'd, I'd assume you kind of agree with that, but are there any I, other? Well, certainly, I agree with it, and I would I would add to it that uh, I mentioned earlier because your question was about what do we see going forward. Yeah, but I I would add to it. I meant I mentioned earlier about that we're 
we have been seeing for a couple of months now how much wear and tear this is taking on our team inside the store. Another thing I'm going to add to that is I have also noticed probably more so since the holiday season ended that there is a toll take that's being taken on the uh, mindset of the customer Okay, as well. Uh, folks are facing all kinds of challenges. There's, yeah. there's some people that are do not have the employment they need right now. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to uh, get into a, a social issue discussion because it, it, we would be going off in a totally different direction. Yeah. It's a very valid discussion, but it's, it's just not what we're talking about at the moment. But um, we're seeing, for whatever reason, customers coming in sometimes with shorter tempers, yeah, uh, less patience. And uh, while I sympathize with whatever it is that puts them in the mindset that they're in, I have to let my team know that I have their back. Yeah. And that my dedication is to making sure that they have a safe workplace and that, uh, you know, reasonable discussion will be allowed. And beyond that, there's a limit. And we we have had some things we've had to deal with where – I've had to make the decision to pass up a sale on behalf of the safety of our employees. And I think we may be seeing some more of that. Yeah, it's certainly a sign of the times. And and as usual, very well said, Jake, is that is that, um, you you know, I think everybody's for, for all these reasons, everybody's tempers seem to be a little bit shorter these days. I mean, who would have ever thought that they're, um, there are video channels out there just dedicated to showing people having these kind of meltdowns in yeah. service or retail yeah. stores. And I, I, I guess I never would have thought that I would be talking to retailers on a regular basis about issues of employee safety. You know, obviously everybody deals with employee safety with, we don't want anybody to cut themselves with a box cutter or hurt their backs while they're lifting. But, but, but always it seemed like the, I'm worried about you interacting with customers and that being a flashpoint for a, for a situation that now that seems to be a regular part of doing business is how do you deal with these extremely volatile customers? And so that's, that's maybe one of the uglier things that's kind of come out of this this new. Yeah, we're, we're we're having to coach our team on how to respond to those things and how to try and keep it from escalating. If it does, how fast do you call someone in? Yeah. To to help you out, uh, yeah. things like they, it's probably always been things that we should have been teaching, but we're certainly more aware of it now than we were. Yeah. Um. You know, I think those are both both of you guys. I appreciate your your, your outlook and and talking of some of the challenges and also the opportunities that we're facing. And 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 I know that one of the best ways that that we always um, not only identify these kind of challenges and opportunities, but also figure out you know how to kind of overcome them is one of the big reasons the association is around bringing guys like you together to talk with each other and say, well, Jake, how do you, what do you guys do to overcome those situations and sharing that information? And, and one of the things I did want to touch on before we get off uh, the, the conversation today is there was a, 
a big change last year in the association in that um, the association grew substantially in, in, in terms of breadth and membership. And, and most of you have probably heard at this point that back uh, in uh, early fall, uh, NRHA became the North American Hardware and Paint Association and welcomed paint and decorating retailers into the membership fold. And, and both of you guys, uh, being senior members on the board of directors, played, played a large role in, in making that happen. So, so maybe just uh, touch a little bit on kind of how the association's a little different this year and what it meant. Why did you guys think it was a good kind of move to, uh, to open the doors to paint and decorating retailers as part of the NHPA family? Well, I, I think one of the things um, I, I heard it said earlier today, you know, when when the proposal was made uh, of having paint and decorator uh, uh, businesses join ours, there was a little hesitancy as to whether how well that would be accepted. And um, I, 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 I said at that board meeting, and I still recall the, the moment we, we, we discussed it and I thought, my God. This is like the perfect parallel to our business. There, there couldn't be a better parallel partner in business. And especially, uh, given the fact that most of us do sell paint and decorating supplies, but not on, maybe not to the scale, obviously not to the scale or to the level. And, um, there's opportunities to, to learn a lot from that, that side of the business. I mean, for our business, paint, uh, is a huge portion of it, but obviously we sell barbecue grills and we sell hardware and we sell lighting and electrical and plumbing. So, you know, putting all those pieces together and learning a little bit more about that side of the industry and from independent business people, just like ourselves that have a lot of years of experience, I think it, it brought a lot of perfect uh, synergies to our business. And I think, you know, I, I was probably the, the most excited I'd, I'd been on since I'd been on the board when I heard that proposal. And I think, you know, I, I think that the industry itself is, is, is ripe for growth, both of ours. So I think uh, those are the things that uh, I'm looking forward to in the next year. And I think that's, that's why we are poised for growth as a, as an organization. My initial thought uh, when, when we first began the discussion of, of merging the two organizations was that uh, certainly this seems like a natural fit and, uh, and why, why on earth would we even think of not doing it if it's, if it's a thing that's available to us, the more the time has passed, the more excited I get about it. Yeah. Because just as Dan said, we don't, we don't get into paint to the extent that the paint specialty store does, but there's so much that we can learn from them where we have substantial paint business in our store about, uh, about well, just about so many nuances that we don't see every day. And by the same token, if you are a paint specialty store, by your very nature, you're going to carry quite a few of the hardware items we carry in our hardware stores. And the exposure that those retailers are going to get to the industry that may not have been as, uh, as excited about going to the number of stores that were available to them now that they're looking at however many stores are we up to what 45,000 stores now between the uh yeah 45,000 between the two organizations yeah uh, from an advertising and marketing uh aspect from the hardware industry there is a lot more available to these paint and decorating retailers that they may have not have had before and conversely 
hardware stores are going to get more attention from some of the specialty retailers going to the paint stores. So, so the two seem to me to be a natural marriage. Well, you know, now that uh, now that there are so many more, I mean, it's just amazing that that uh, independent businesses and I know you guys have both said this, there's so much uh, one, one of you guys, it might have been you, Jake, said that the there's much more in the DNA that's alike of the of the businesses than than is different. And when all is said and done independent businesses need to help and support each other right now. And, and these two allied kind of uh, different market spaces coming together makes a very powerful statement. So I'd like to kind of close and ask you guys um, if there are any retailers out there or, or honestly manufacturers or wholesalers for that matter that are interested in learning more, but if someone's saying, well, you know, I hear a lot about the association, but what can I do to get more out of the association or should I become more involved? I'd like to hear from both of you guys about what you'd like to maybe say to those kinds of retailers about the reasons maybe they should look, particularly at this point in time uh, as an opportunity to get more involved with their association. Well, I would say, you know, the first thing I would say is step out of your comfort zone, because quite frankly, I think so many of us get caught in our little world of our four walls of our business every day. And we don't look at the industry as as big as it is. And, and we are a big industry in, in the United States and Canada. And I think sometimes we look at our stores as that those smaller stores. But when you start looking outside those four walls, all of a sudden it's like, wow, there's there's bigger opportunities out there. There's more, more going on in our industry. And, and, you know, maybe I haven't grown into those categories or haven't looked at some of those areas that I should be looking at. And I, I think that probably to me is the thing that, you know, as an association we can offer and in, in, you know, you read about it in the magazine, maybe a little bit, but take, take the next step forward and get involved in the industry, attend our shows, the, the, the national hardware show, when the opportunity comes up again, you'll see, I'm always amazed. We go to our, our wholesaler buying show and then we go to the national hardware show and I'm, I'm blown away walking in the door. It's like, wow, there is so much more out there. I do need my, my local buying show, but I also need that national show once in a while to, to open my mind up and to see things that maybe I just haven't seen in the past. So yeah. Those are those are things I would encourage you to, to do and, and and also get involved in the association. I've met I've learned more about my business and my industry from my my peers than anybody else in my in my career right now. So I, I think you find some of the smartest people in our industry are are people operating you know stores every day and then two towns over from you that you've never met before. Yeah, it's amazing that way. Jake, what about you? What are your thoughts? You mentioned um, you mentioned the term DNA a minute ago. Uh, one of the characteristics of the independent retailer, the person who really embraces his independence is a natural tendency to believe that you need to do it yourself. You need to, you need to get in there and you need to figure things out. Uh, you're in your market. You get the impression that your market is unique. Your store is unique. Your customers are unique and the things that work for you won't work anywhere else. And Conversely, things that work for everyone else may not work for you. That is something that it would, would be good to, to move past because we don't need to be reinventing anything. 
It's right. already out there. There are people out there that have been in the business longer than well. There's not many been in there longer than me, but uh, <laughs> uh, there's a few. But uh, there's people out there that have been in the business longer than us. They've seen a lot of things. They may have already dealt with the problem that you're still trying to solve. And your association uh, on on a number of levels through networking with other retailers through getting involved in the uh, uh, management uh, programs, getting involved in just some of the retail training that's available from uh, NHPA. I've got to be careful to say it correctly. Um, There is so much out there that you will find as a benefit to you without risking one iota of your independence. And, and, and I think that uh, well said, both of you guys, and I, I, we appreciate you, you know not just uh, not just being on the program, but su- appreciate your support uh, for the association and your involvement in the association. And and I said it earlier today in a different meeting that we were involved in, but I think that when everybody kind of ha- does their stint on the NHPA board of directors. Um, I don't think I've ever heard from anyone say that they're not better off having done that and their businesses aren't better off. And most of it is exactly around what you guys said. I mean, I like to think that that NHPA, we like to produce programs that are useful and valuable. And I know we do, but I think some of the biggest value about not just serving on the board, but being involved with the association is what you guys just talked about. It's learning from each other. It's, um, and it's, it's, you know, we always say we're not denominational. I mean, you can learn a lot. You guys both happen to be ACE retailers. Um, and that just was a, a kind of a matter of, of a coincidence because we've got retailers on our board of all different back we have uh, you know we we have do it best we have independent we have uh, oracle affiliates i, I mean uh, so it, it, it's a wide representation and and being able to kind of peek over the hedge if you will and see what other people is are, are doing and talk to them in depth about how are you handling these issues in your business that's where we always see uh, you know the major benefit of being involved with the association coming mm-hmm. from and I just don't think it's coincidental that your business grows when you're involved in in organizations like this because, you know, it opens your eyes up to other opportunities that maybe you wouldn't have taken. So, um, you know, I, I know my business has grown and, I, and we've gotten better at a lot of things. I've, we've got a lot of things to improve upon all the time, and I think that's natural. But our business has grown. It's gotten better. Uh, we've become better at doing a lot of the things we do. So. Um, and I think I, I attribute that to our affiliation. And, you know, even if I have a question about something now, what do I do? I've got friends across the industry. I can pick up the phone and say, hey, what are you guys doing with this? You told me at a meeting you, you were doing this. And I, I like that, that, that networking, like you said, that's it's critically a, a part of our business now. Gentlemen, I, 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 again, thank you both for taking the time. I know it's been a long day of meetings for all you guys, and, and you have a you have a, a lot to lot going on in your business. So I appreciate your time uh, talking to me today and talking to the audience today. And I thank you guys for your support of the association and involvement in the association. And I really can't wait. I'm genuinely, honestly, saying this. I can't wait to see you guys face to face again, and 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 maybe even have a beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to break out. I'm done. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, all the best to you guys, and hopefully we'll see you face-to-face soon, and thanks for coming on to the program. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for having us. 
The nomination period for the 2021 Young Retail of the Year Awards program is now open. The North American Hardware and Paint Association has recognized young leaders under the age of 35 who represent the future of independent hardware and paint retailing for the past 25 years. So if you know someone who might be a good candidate for this award, you're going to want to make sure you visit yournhpa.org backslash Y-R-O-T-Y to learn more. The deadline to apply is February 28th, so do not sit on that. I'd also like to give a shout out to the program sponsors, Aerofastener, Epicor, Fluidmaster, IPG, MyTech, Midwest Fastener, and Pony Jorgensen. Thanks guys for supporting this and make sure you get those applications in by the deadline.